We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Uh, joining me now, intrepid Sacramento Kings reporter Chris Biederman. <laughs> we're going to preview the 49ers Packers divisional round matchup. And of course, we will have prize picks for you as well. Before we get to that, though, let's talk about our friends at Lamb Chops. SGLambchops.com is the website. You can follow them on Twitter at SGLambchops. You may notice that they're posting a lot about the Minnesota Timberwolves and that they have. Uh, apparel with Minnesota Timberwolves logo on it. Uh, that's because they have partnered with the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Timberwolves saw what they were doing with the Candlestick Chronicles podcast and they said, wow, we need to get in on that if we want to rise to the level of Blue Wire's 49ers pod or one of Blue Wire's 49ers pods and they jumped on board. So, I, you know, obviously the guys at Lamb Chops put in a ton of work. Uh, Jordan, Craig, all the guys over there. Great job. I'm just saying we laid the foundation. You're welcome. <laughs> like we did anything. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. We, I mean, the, their partnership with us uh, clearly set the template for, yeah. for what the, the Timberwolves clearly wanted. Um, they said, look, you guys have obviously worked with, with a brand of, of immense popularity and power. Mm -hmm. uh, we'd love to tap into that with you guys and collaborate <laughs> with you on a, on a line for the Timberwolves. So I'm glad, look, I'm glad the guys at Lamb Chops were able to leverage their relationship yeah. with us and build it into, <laughs> um, you know, a, a, an opportunity to to work with an NBA team. So kudos. yeah, it's big, it's big time for for them and and more big time for us, honestly. So no, uh, just really really cool. Uh, check out the collection, like I said, at SG Lamb Chops on Instagram. It is unbelievable. There's I I, I don't believe you can get it on their website. I think it's exclusively in the Timberwolves team store, but. It's really, really cool. The hoodie, there's a there's a hat that's really dope. Uh, there's a pair of sweats, obviously our favorites, and then and then there's a Letterman jacket as well. And they also have all that in their fall and winter collection, which you can get at sglambchops.com. And again, it's t-shirt, sweatpants, hoodie, Letterman jacket. It's just a, a really, really good line, and we love lamb chops. It's comfortable. It's high quality. It looks dope. And we know those are the three most important elements of clothing. So join the herd today. A, Hit up sglambchops.com. Use promo code Candlestick20 for 20% off. 
in addition to having zipper pockets. Well, I figured it. I mean, at, at this point, if you don't know about the zippered pockets, that's on you. Like that's yeah, a you right. problem. <laughs> right. All right. <laughs> Promo code candlestick 20, 20% off your order today. We're also sponsored by Cooper's Brewing. We love Cooperage. I can't wait for the game on Saturday because I, well, I'm, I'm not making the trek down to Santa Clara. Instead, I will be posted up with, uh, with my pops. I know they've got Candlestick Chronicles in their fridge at my parents' house, and I'm not going to clear them out, but I'm going to have a couple. I'm going to have a couple Candlestick Chronicles hazy IPAs from Cooperage Brewing. You can get yours at cooperagebrewing.com. You can order a case if you're 21 and over and in the state of California. Ship a case right to your front door. You sign for it. You have 24 beers in the crib. It's the best way to acquire beer. Yeah, I mean, look, we're we're going to be podcasting after the game regardless. So more than a couple uh, Candlestick Chronicles hazy IPAs. You might be a little too loose, uh, too loose for this program. Um, that said, we have been more than a couple deep when when we've had our live shows at Cooperage, which have obviously been super fun. But yeah. uh, no, we we just want to make sure this is. We want to make sure um, the analysis stays on point after the game Saturday. So yeah, I would, you know, a couple would probably be fine, but probably no more than that. Um, but Cooperage, you go on their website, you can get a Lager Life mix case. Um, you could mix and match any of their beers. Kurt Pale Ale is back. If you know, you know. Straight Merck Hazy IPA, Cold IPA. Um, you can get a Strawberry Watermelon and Mint Sparkle Pants Hard Seltzer four pack. You can get a Mellow Sunshine Wheat Ale um granddaddy terp west coast double ipa four pack it's it's all mm. amazing beer um it's your favorite brewery's favorite brewery and uh shout out to cooperage for being supportive and of course get the hand the candlestick chronicles hazy ipa and send us pictures from your tailgate from levi stadium on saturday um if you bring candlestick chronicles hazy ipa to your tailgate i promise you you will be the envy of all your friends they'll be like wow that is that is the best possible beer anybody could ever have at a 49ers tailgate Unless one of your friends only likes shitty beer, in which case they'll be like, oh, well, never mind. I don't like that. I'm not that. that but that person shouldn't be your friend anymore. So that's sure. <laughs> break up with that person. Uh, yeah. Cooperagebrewing.com is the website. The breweries in Santa Rosa. Go check it out if you can. Great place to hang out. Good beer. Great vibes. Always got a good food truck. It'll Love probably be a great place to watch the game on Saturday. Also, great point. If you're in Santa Rosa. It's a great point. Or if you're looking for somewhere to watch the game, hit them up. Yeah. All right. Cooper's Brewing. Cooper'sBrewing.com. Let's talk Niners Packers. Blue Wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. History for Niners Wire. You can check it out at NinersWire.com. A brief history of the nine 49ers Packers playoff matchups. I don't think I ever like fully grasped just how much the Packers kicked the holy shit out of the 49ers in like the mid to late 90s. <laughs> oh, every yeah. Time that, every time they matched up, it was just not close. 
It was it was a thing for sure. That's why that's one of the reasons why the Terrell Owens catch was so impactful because it right. felt like the 49ers really struggled with the Packers for a while in the playoffs. So the TO catch is like my first very vivid football memory. And I remembered that so vividly because I didn't remember, because they met the 96, 97, 98, 99. They they played four four playoffs in a row. And I I remember that being such a big deal because they couldn't beat the Packers, but I only knew that like in the context of what the people around me were saying. I didn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't have a recollection of that. Uh, I also forgot. I remembered the Jerry Rice fumble on, on the, on the last drive. I didn't remember that being on the last drive, but it definitely was. And then Steve Young nearly threw an interception the play before, two plays before the touchdown to Terrell Owens. Like yeah, he had a, it was he threw a, crazy a ball that game. Craig Newsom was in his hands and he dropped it. Yeah, yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was at that game. I remember that being, gosh, I had to be, what year was that? 97? 99. January of 99. Oh, 99. Okay, so I was 12 years old. We had been going to Niner games for five years to that point. Mm-hmm. That was like the most. Between that and the NFC Championship game against the Cowboys in the winter of 95 mm-hmm. was easily the most joyous I remember Candlestick Park being. Yeah. Like that was that like people were because it was a pretty frustrating game, right? You remember Terrell Owens had dropped a bunch of passes. Oh, yeah. You had a fumble. It was kind of like, yeah. And it was kind of like one of those oh no games, right? Like this, it didn't really feel like the 49ers were winning that game. And then they, they kind of pulled it out and, the, it was jubilation because of just how the game went. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't one of those games where the Niners were, you know, it was back and forth, and both teams were were playing great. The Niners just weren't playing very well, and it was like, man, are they going to lose to the Packers again? And then you know, so many bad things had happened with the TO drops and everything like that. And and you know, if there were if there was instant replay at that point. That Jerry Rice fumble probably counts, and the 49ers probably lose. Definitely um, counts. But there he was way fumbled. There, <laughs> right? There was no, there was no replay at that point. So it was uh, the Niners ended up having the opportunity to, to to score and win the game there. But it was just like a sigh of relief that they won mm-hmm. that game, and it was um, because of because of their issues that they've had with the Packers previously. So that was uh, that was definitely that was definitely one of the more memorable games I've been to. Um, growing up as a kid it's funny because there's like a generational divide among 49ers fans and how they feel about green bay because i think if you're let's see so you you are how old are you 34 35 fine you know what screw you if you don't want to say it i'm 33 (laughs) (laughs) i feel like if i feel like if you are my age. I I maybe let, let's go. If you're 35 and younger, you more view the Packers via the last four matchups, right? Where the 49ers have just okay. kind of have just kind of owned that. Where if you're 36 or or older, you very much remember 96, 97, 98, and then 2002 as well, where where the Packers just kind of owned the the rivalry. They won four out of the first five. And there's not like a, I don't even know the word, not, not, I guess like a, like a respect for the Packers that doesn't exist for people who are 35 and younger. 
because all they've ever seen is the Niners dominate in the postseason against them. Whereas if you're older than that, you have memories of of Brett Favre and Dorsey Levins and Leroy Butler and Craig Newsom just killing those guys. And that that yeah. I think is a really fascinating aspect of of this to to me. But yeah, anyways. yeah, I agree. Another you, chapter. You sort of have. Another chapter, you sort of have, yeah, that's a good point. You had, you had like Packers dominance in the nineties and then the Niners dominance in the aughts and, and 2020s so far. Um, this is the 10th time they've played in the playoffs, which is a lot like historically. And all of them have been since 1996. Well, that's kind of, that, that's just, it, it's, it feels unavoidable. <laughs> They're going to yeah. run into each other in the postseason eventually. I had a thought earlier today because um, I was thinking about I was thinking about this game and how eerily similar it feels to the 2019 divisional round game where the Niners played the Vikings. And, you know, the, the Packers are the, the similarities are, you know, the Vikings that year were the six seed. This was before there were seven seeds in the NFC playoffs. The Vikings in the wildcard round went and beat the 13 and three third seed Saints on the road. And it was an overtime game. It wasn't a blowout like the Packers just. Yeah, in 2019. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It wasn't like the the blowout that the Packers had in in Dallas last week, but it was pretty stunning from the standpoint that nobody expected Kirk Cousins to ever really win a road playoff game, right? Yeah, especially in New and Orleans. So, so yeah, exactly. And that and that Vikings team was the last seed in the NFC, like the Packers are the seventh seed this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Niners ended up winning pretty handily, despite Jimmy Garoppolo not having all that great of a performance and throwing that late second quarter interception that set up a, a Vikings field goal. I think Jimmy Garoppolo went 11 of 19 in that game and uh, and had a hundred and you know some some not not super impressive. He had a very Jimmy total. stat line. <laughs> very Jimmy stat line, and you forget Tevin Coleman had 22 Huge carries game. and and scored a couple of touchdowns in that game. Um, But part of me was like thinking about this game, the fact that it's the Packers, like I I was, I was trying to going through the thought exercise of like, what would it take for the Niners to just not really show up and like be upset and take the, take the Packers for granted, whatever. I kind of think if if the Packers this like if Jordan Love was quarterbacking this team and it was the same roster, mm-hmm. but it was like a random team, like if it was the Carolina Panthers, sure. I feel I almost feel like like the Niners would be more likely to be upset if it was just like a random franchise that they don't really have oh, any association with. But because it is the Packers and there is like that history, and you know, there's. Mm there's the the green and the green and yellow and like everything like that i'm like no they're gonna be up for this game they're like i don't see any scenario in which the 49ers aren't up for this game particularly because like it's a veteran team right the packers are the youngest team in the league they're rested this team is like incredibly frustrated by the fact that they haven't won a super bowl yet since kyle shanahan's been there and my lean is that this looks kind of similar to the first home playoff games the 49ers have had mm. when they've had home playoff games in 2019 and uh 2022 when they pretty much throttled the Vikings right despite Jimmy Garoppolo not not playing particularly well and then in 2022 when they just you know beat up on the Seahawks 
Mm-hmm. Like it, it feels like this is sort of trending that direction. And going back oh. and thinking about the 2019 game <clears throat> against Minnesota and Minnesota having the big upset on the road and then being humbled in a pretty big way going against the, the number one seed, that, that kind of feels like where this is headed for me. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I definitely don't think that's that's off the table. Gosh, I'm I'm looking at the box score from that Minnesota game. Minnesota had 147 total yards. And 41 of them came on a blown coverage by Akella Witherspoon on a 41-yard touchdown in the first quarter. Outside of that, they had 106 total yards. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, Tevin Coleman, 105 yards, 11 was his long on 22 carries. Like that's Couple just methodical. Like what a what a beat down. <laughs> Anyways, I don't think it's necessarily gonna go like that because frankly, I think that this Packers offense is better than that year's Vikings offense. Sure. And I think Matt LaFleur is a is a way better coach than Mike Zimmer. So I I, I think that Green Bay is gonna have a little bit more for San Francisco than than Minnesota did that year or that that Seattle did last year. But also I've been I've been hearing a lot on podcasts and then listen to, to some sports talk radio stuff that there's this notion of well the Packers just don't know what they don't know the Packers don't know that they're not supposed so that's gonna ha- I, I I and I get that to an extent and I think there's something to that but also eventually like the playoff experience thing wins out there's a reason a rookie quarterbacks never won a Super Bowl there's a reason that I know it's cross sport but I think it still applies. When you looked at the Sacramento Kings last year, your Sacramento Kings, when, we, when you looked at the Sacramento Kings last year, it was like, man, they're, they're good, and this is a nice run, and they're a three-seed, and they, and they earn the heck out of it, but beating a team like the Golden State Warriors in a seven-game playoff series is not going to be easy because the Warriors have been there. And I think you saw the Kings the first two games. Hey, you don't know what you don't know, but then, then it gets tight. Then the pressure's on. And maybe Green Bay comes out, and they get the ball first, and they go down. They have a great plan, and they score. And then maybe the Niners turn it over, and the Packers score again. It's fourteen nothing. All of a sudden, oh, it snowballs again, and the Niners are playing from behind, and it gets you know it, it gets a little sideways on them. Maybe that happens. But to your to your point, and I think it's a great one. This this is a team that the 49ers have gone toe to toe with. Yeah, it's a lot of different guys, but they just watched the the Packers throttle the Cowboys on the road. And I think that's helpful. I think it I think it helps that the Packers didn't win 17 to 13 on a couple of fluky turnovers and a muffed punt and a bad call. And they just went in and they kicked the holy shit out of the Cowboys. <laughs> and I think that that if you're like seriously, what was the what was the final 48-32 and it it wasn't that close. I mean they were like, they were up 27 nothing at one point. Yeah, and it, it, so so a 16 point win in a game that, that wasn't as close as the final score, like that that to me like that's going to catch your attention. I think you and I think we've heard that from the way the 49ers have talked about the Packers all week. Like there's a healthy respect for for Matt LaFleur and and it's impossible like Jordan Love hasn't been good the last 2 weeks. Uh, Jordan Love's been good for the last half of the season. Uh, 21 touchdowns yeah. and one interception is excellent. Aaron Jones has has hurt the 49ers in the past. I, I don't think that this is that this is going to be something where the Niners uh, think that they're going to toss their helmets on the field and, and win. But uh, conversely, I, you know, like I said, I think there's a there's a path where the the Packers just kind of go in and 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 give themselves a positive game script 
where they're able to follow what they did against the Cowboys. I'm not saying they're going to the, they blow the Niners out necessarily, but we haven't seen the 49ers come back yet this year. And I, I just, I, all of this is to say, I think Green Bay is going to put up a better fight than, than Minnesota did in 2019 or, or even, even Seattle did uh, last season. Yeah, maybe. I, I just think, think like win, for the majority of the season, we talked about the Niners as like potentially a historically great team, whether it was early on in the year when they started off really well. And, and I made the case that this was the best roster the team's had since 94. And we had Aaron shots on the podcast, a DVOA God, and he basically <laughs> made the case that the Niners were the best team from a DVOA perspective since the undefeated Patriots in, in 2007. Mm-hmm. I just think that this is still that 49ers team, right? Mm-hmm. And like we haven't, we, you know, the Ravens loss definitely knocked them down a couple pegs, but the Ravens loss didn't change, in my, you know, in my opinion, what the ceiling of this team is. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the Ravens loss happened and the Niners played poorly and turned the ball over and the game got away from them. But to me, it doesn't change the ceiling that this could still potentially be one of the best teams in franchise history. And now, you know, coming off the bye, you remember how sharp they were in Jacksonville coming off the bye. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're healthy. They get Eric Armstead back. They get Jair Brown back. They get Christian McCaffrey healthy. Right. They have they have their offensive line more intact than it was at any point during the second half of the regular season when it felt like they're, they were shuffling their guard situation throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that like there's going to be an opportunity for the 49ers to reassert themselves. It's like, oh, yeah, no, this is like a really, really good team. Mm-hmm. And the Packers are a nice story. Um, but I and and they could score points and Jordan Love could give the 49ers defense maybe more more of a problem than than I'm giving him credit for right now. Mm-hmm. But at some point, like if this team is historically great in the divisional round against a number seven seed with a first year starting quarterback and the number and the youngest team in the NFL, like the 49ers should win by double digits. Like if the 49ers lost or if the 49ers lost, obviously that would be, that would be a huge, a huge upset. But if they won, if they won, like, I would be surprised if it was just a one score game. Like I'm expecting it to be one of those games. Like we saw throughout the season where it was, you know, they, they, they get up by two scores in the second quarter. They score a touchdown early in the third quarter. And then Mm -hmm. from there, they're just like, you know, playing keep away and it's Elijah Mitchell, you know, getting in the game yeah. and they're saving Christian McCaffrey a little bit. I just don't know that defensively the Packers have much for the 49ers offense. Yeah. And that's dude, that's so <clears throat> I, I, I want to talk about Jordan Love in a second, but that's the thing I keep coming back to when I was rewatching some of the, the Cowboys Packers game. It's just the Packers had nothing for them offensively, like particularly on the ground. They were really one dimensional, even even before they got down by a million points and had to had to put it in the air 60 times. The Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah, the Cowboys were. And I don't think that's going to be the case with with the 49ers. And Joe Barry, the Packers defensive coordinator, was much maligned going into that Cowboys game because the Packers defense was struggling. And the Cowboys just couldn't take advantage. And I think you I, I think we see the 49ers maybe take advantage of that in some ways that that Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys offense were not able to. And that's kind of what I keep coming back to, where I think the Packers benefited a lot 
from the game script in, in uh, against Dallas. And I don't think the Niners offense is going to give them that opportunity the the same way the Cowboys did. And every time yeah. I go every time I go, man, Aaron Jones playing really well. And then the you know, Jordan Love, man, he really good in structure, really good out of structure. I go, Oh, the Cowboys gave up two hundred plus rushing yards five times this year. And or excuse me, the right. Packers gave up two hundred plus rushing yards five times this year. And if there's any coach in the league that's going to figure out how to exploit your bad run defense, it is Kyle Shanahan. And I don't think there is a team more equipped to take advantage of a bad run defense than the 49ers. So, like I said, I, 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 while I laid out the the path to, oh, yeah, hey, Packers up, Packers up, so they could hit it, it, it realistically. And I, I think the Cowboys game from a defensive standpoint for, for Green Bay was more of an anomaly than anything. And that's what I keep coming back yeah. to. Can yeah, I, talk I about just Jordan? don't, oh, you know, that. No, I just don't think the Packers, like the, the big issue is going to be the Packers defense. I just don't think that they're going to. Oh, the big issue for the enough. Packers. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Like, can, can they come up with three or four stops consecutively? Like, I just, I don't, I don't know. Um, Jordan Love, though, real quick. So, you know how coaches w- will get asked, like, hey, what did you see on film from player X? How do you slow him down? And they'll give some, you know, well, it's a really good player. You know, we're definitely not taking him lightly. We got to be fun, sound fundamentals in, in all phases, blah, blah, blah. Steve Wilkes dropped a little bit of truth on uh, about Jordan Love. When he got asked about him, he said, quote, well, I think asked about stopping Jordan Love and kind of slowing him down since he's been so good uh, over the last nine games, 2,400 yards, 21 touchdowns, one interception. So Steve Wilkes got asked about slowing him down and he said, quote, well, I think the number one thing is we have to try and stop this run to try to make them one dimensional. They're very effective running the ball. I think it just opens up the play action. That's where you see him being extremely effective in taking the shots down the field and finding an open receiver. So that's number one. And he went on to say some other stuff. But I I wanted to look that up because I wanted to go, okay, is that just a coach just picking play action and saying like, yeah, we got to stop the run and do this. But then I went and looked. It was according to Pro Football Focus. Jordan Love this year, out of play action, completing 72.4% of his throws, he averaged 9.7 yards per attempt and had 11 touchdowns with three interceptions. That was the 10th high. He was the 10th highest graded passer out of play action this season, according to PFF. On straight dropbacks, no play action. Love's completion rate dips to 61.9%. His yards per attempt oh, wow. goes to 6.6. And he went 24 touchdowns, eight interceptions. So to that point, if the 49ers go down and score and get a stop, and then score again, where they're eliminating the threat of play action or eliminating the need to react to play action, Jordan Love becomes, again, he's not terrible, but he becomes a lot, he becomes a lot more pedestrian. And that's where I think the Niners can, can really take advantage if, if they can get a positive game script on their side. And if they do, I think what you laid out in that, in that Minnesota game and just how the 49ers can kind of take over a game, that's, I, I think pretty easily attainable given uh, what we've seen from Jordan Love so far in play action versus not. Yeah. End of thought. Yeah. I, I th- 
No, I think I think that's a really good point. And it, it's sort of like if there is a chink in the armor of the Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay offense, um, it might be that sometimes they're a little too reliant on the running game and how it impacts the passing game in that way. Yep. Um, and that and I think honestly, that's a reason why um, like that. That's sort of why Sean McVay viewed Matt Stafford as a as a differentiating type quarterback for his system. Because if you need to win a game where your quarterback drops back 50 times and is not utilizing play action, Stafford can be that guy. And that's one right. of the questions that that we probably have about Jordan Love at this point, based on the numbers that you just laid out and what Steve Wilk said. Mm-hmm. And also like what, you know, questions about Brock Purdy. We talk about we talk about the 49ers not really proving that they can come back when they're trailing, right? Because um Brock Purdy just hasn't done it yet. Mm-hmm. And that could be a function of like how effective the 49ers offense is when defenses really have to try to stop the run and why the 49ers are so good playing from ahead because they'll chew clock and try to run the ball. And then yep. obviously they can they can burn defenses over the top when with by utilizing play action and things like that. Yeah. So I think that's a good point. Um, you know, if the 49ers do get ahead early and I would imagine uh, that'll be one of your keys to the game on Twitter. You know, score early. Oh, uh, score early, score often. <laughs> 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 Along with turnovers and red area. Um, Dude, how'd you know? <laughs> I, it, it, we're great football minds. Always, we've been always we've been grinding here. the same tape. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I was looking at, you know, thinking back to and switch switching up the conversation a little bit thinking back to the 2020 draft so the 49ers trade DeForest Buckner they get the 13th pick in the first round for the Colts from the Colts um they have Javon Kinlaw on their board and they they move back one spot with Tampa Bay who takes Tristan Wirfs Mm -hmm. and I talk about you know, the sliding doors moment of what, ha- what if the 49ers had just taken Tristan Wirfs stayed at 13 instead of Javon Kinlaw. The problem with that is by moving back a spot, they got one of the fourth round picks that they, that allowed them to trade up to uh, where were they at from 31, I think to yes. 25 to get Brandon Ayuk. Right. So they get Brandon Ayuk at 25 and there's been reporting since then. And this is obviously a little bit dated at this point. But there was reporting since then that they had to jump the Packers who were picking at 26 because the Packers really wanted Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. Um, and then the Packers end up taking Jordan Love 26 overall. And you just think about that sequence of events and like the impact it has on the history of both teams and where these teams are right now. Mm-hmm. Had the Packers drafted Brandon Ayuk, like what does that look like for Aaron? Like, Brandon Ayuk might have been I don't know that he would have been Justin Jefferson in Green Bay but like you team up Devontae yeah, Adams yeah. with with Brandon Ayuk and maybe Aaron Rodgers feels a lot different about you know yeah. the supporting cast and doesn't feel as disgruntled and force his way out eventually right you mean if and they then maybe a the Niners for him instead of his replacement <laughs> right exactly <laughs> and then and so, like, how does that impact history? Like, do the do the Packers with Brandon Ayuk end up beating the 49ers in, in a playoff game? And, and does Aaron Rodgers get another – like, that's – you know, we can't rule it out because there was a point when the 49ers were playing the Packers that their corners weren't great 
and like maybe someone like Brandon Ayuk and Devontae Adams would have really given the 49ers and Akella Witherspoon or Josh Norman or whoever it was like a lot of problems. Right. Um, so that that's a that's a real interesting moment in history. And on top of the fact, like, what would the 49ers offensive line look like if they had Tristan Wirfs in addition to you know, if they had Tristan Wirfs and Trent Williams on the same offensive line, like Jeez. They could they they could really and maybe that offsets Brandon IU going to the Packers, right? Yeah. Like maybe the Niners are just so unstoppable running the ball and protecting the quarterback that it's like. So anyway, I was just looking at that because basically like Jordan Love went to the Packers in large part because the 49ers jumped ahead of him to take Brandon Ayuk. If you believe the reporting, which I I tend to do. Okay, hang on. I want to I want to further your point here. In that in that 2021 divisional game, Aaron Jones, the running back had 10 targets, nine catches, 129 yards. Devontae Adams, the wide receiver, 11 targets. Here are the other players who got targets in that game. Alan (laughs) Lazard, wide receiver, had one. Randall Cobb, wide receiver, had one. He didn't catch it. Lazard had one catch for six yards. 106-year-old tight end Mercedes Lewis had one catch for no yards, and then he fumbled. Uh, something named Dominique Daphne had a target. It's a tight end. Uh, sorry, excuse me. Dominique Daphne had two targets. You're not going to have him on the field and only target him one time. Uh, and the other one, the other target went to another tight end uh, who's apparently still in the league with the Packers. Uh, the great Josiah DeGuara, of course out of the University of Cincinnati, a 2023rd round pick. That's who caught passes or, or or got targets for the Packers in that game. See, I think Brandon Ayuk would have helped. Probably would have helped more than, more than Jordan Love in that game. Well, that, you know, who's to say, really? <laughs> but no, so I just, I, I was thinking about that, like Jordan Love starting against the, the Niners in a playoff game. Brandon yeah. Ayuk obviously going against the Packers. Um. Javon Kinlaw coming in and getting rotational snaps. <laughs> Maybe. I, I just think, you know, like I, I I wonder what history would look like had the Niners just not traded back that one spot, not ended mm-hmm. up with Brandon Ayuk, have Tristan Wirfs solidifying that offensive line. And then, you know, what what does it look like? Do they I don't know. Do they take let me look here. I have no idea. Maybe it, we get more first and second in Juwan. Yeah, maybe. I mean, do they do they take gosh. I don't know. They definitely draft a receiver T- in my opinion. At 31, like I don't know is T Higgins a uh I mean T Higgins has been good. I don't know if he's like a Kyle Shanahan type receiver, but maybe yeah, he's I just no, like, I have no I have no idea. Do they take Jonathan Taylor and then never end up needing Christian McCaffrey? I don't think they would have taken a running back in the first round. Maybe they draft Jordan overall. Love. Ooh, spicy. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. And then maybe they don't need to trade up for Trey Lance. And maybe. And then maybe they Proper wind up with Micah never... Parsons. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and never end up with Brock Purdy. Man, this is. Look, alternate timeline 49ers quite... are eight time Super Bowl <laughs> champions, all right? <laughs> at least. At least. Yeah. All right. Man, that's mind blowing stuff. That's funny. Yeah, it's. Pretty well. We were talking about that on the radio today. 
different uh, like sliding doors moments in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I thought about Steph Curry for Amari Stoudemire was a draft night trade that was on the table. And mm-hmm. then the Warriors tried hard as heck to trade Clay Thompson for Kevin Love. And Jerry West nixed that idea. Like, man. Yeah. Wild. Anyways. Jerry, Jerry West, one of the best stupid proofers in, in sports history. Oh, just a, just a legend. Just a total legend. Yeah. Hey, guys. It's Kyle from Candlestick Chronicles. And I want to tell you about Factor. Now, we're far enough into the new year that maybe you're starting to wane a little bit on your resolutions. Maybe you wanted to take a little bit better care of yourself. Maybe you wanted to eat better and you're going, man, you know what? Work and life gets so busy. I don't have time to grocery shop. I don't have time to meal prep. I don't have time to do all that. Factor takes that off the table for you with ready-to-eat meal delivery that takes all the stress out of meal planning and it sets you up for success in the new year. They have calorie smart options. They have vegan options. They have veggie options. They have keto options. And then there's like 55 weekly add-ons. So you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. One of my favorite factor things are the smoothies. They have fruit smoothies. They have like a mango and a tropical fruit and a strawberry banana that are delicious. They also have protein shakes that are fantastic. I really enjoy the espresso one. It is a delicious way to start the day. So look, I'm always trying to find ways to skip the the trap of overpriced takeout, whether it's getting it delivered or whatever. Factor helps. Factor, I open my fridge. There's a meal right there. I throw it in the microwave or in the oven, whatever you prefer. And I throw mine in the microwave. It's ready to go in a couple of minutes. And I have a delicious, nutritious meal right in front of me. And I didn't, it wasn't a headache to plan. It wasn't a headache to cook. And I didn't have to shop for anything. That's why Factor is the very best. Head to factormeals.com slash candlestick50 and use code candlestick50 to get 50% off. That's code candlestick50 at factormeals.com slash candlestick50 to get 50% off. Yo, it's your homies Kyle and Chris for Lamb Chops. SGLambchops.com is the website. They are the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. And follow them on Instagram at SGLambchops because they have some really cool looking stuff that your bland ass boy over here is not very good at styling on his own. And so I pop over to the Instagram. I see how other people are are dressing themselves in uh, maybe it's the maybe it's the wolf shorts or the lion shorts or maybe it's a pair of joggers or maybe it's the ash gray hoodie that you and I love so much. And I, I base my outfits off of that and it always makes me look dope, which is the single most important thing. And it's also comfortable. It's also high quality. Yeah. It's super stylish. They're conversation starters, honestly. They also have kids, uh, kids sizes on here too. Yes, that and is everything's correct. unisex. Uh, yeah. We we should point out also. So, um, no matter if you're a man or woman, these clothes will look great on you, or a child, or a child. They have children's sizes and a lot of their <laughs> stuff as well. Use promo code Candlestick twenty today to get twenty percent off your order, or you can do it tomorrow or whenever. Candlestick twenty is a promo code any day of the week to get twenty percent off your order from sglambchops dot com uh shout out to them we really appreciate their support and uh we would appreciate it if you support them by going to sglambchops.com and ordering some dope comfortable high quality clothing join the herd today you want to do prize picks and get out of oh here? boy do i we're getting we're getting right back on the horse this week baby <laughs> you making it all back this week making it all back we're we're chasing and we're catching <laughs>
that that chicken yeah. that chicken's power, been running around power, the coop. It's a power we, play uh, four, baby. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we're grabbing that chicken after we've been we've been chasing it in the coop for uh for the better half of this. Is that what you is that what you call it now? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Um do you want me to go first? Or do you want to go first? You, you you can go first. I feel like I always go first. You go first. All right. It's it's you know you know how we do it. It's it's power play, power play only. Not gonna uh, not gonna is... get it back if you don't. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> We're not gonna get everything everything we've lost this season <laughs> without swinging big in the divisional round. Niners Packers. Um, I got three picks. Two of them On were demon, demon time? picks. Okay. It is still it is still demon season. Uh, as we know, Brandon Ayuk, I'm going more than 99 and a half receiving yards. I'm going Brock Purdy more than a 19 point fantasy score. So that kind of like if he throws two touchdown passes and and doesn't have interceptions, I think that's he'll probably eclipse 19 points pretty easily. Um, another demon pick, George Kittle more than 17 and a half or sorry, 79 and a half receiving yards. Um, so I'm basically betting on the 49ers offense doing work against the Packers defense. Um, and the two guys I'm betting on, I thought about maybe including Debo Samuel in one of these, but Mm -hmm. I just don't, I just don't love the Packers ability to defend George Kittle. Um, and I think, I I think Brandon Ayuk is, is just a dude who might break out in these playoffs in, in a pretty major way. Uh, so with those two demon picks and Brock, Brock Purdy, um, we're looking at a 13.5 X payout. Um, so look nice. like we've, it's, it's been, it's been a struggle this season and prize picks listeners would know, uh, anybody fading my picks. I have absolutely zero problem with it given the track record, but you know, we're, we're, we're not shying away from the opportunity here. No. We've we're, we're, you know, we we're, we're coming into this with a chip on our shoulder, um, we understand what's happened to the season. We've evaluated the tape and, uh, and we are, we we've, t- we've taken a hard look in the mirror just about yeah. every week here. Um, yeah. but what, what, when I look in the mirror and, and look at my prize picks, I, I see an eventual winner and I feel great about this week. Again, 13.5 X power play payout. Uh, you have the demon, the demon picks of Brandon Ayuk more than 99 and a half receiving yards. George Kittle more than 79 and a half receiving yards and Brock Purdy at more than 19 points in the fantasy score. Feel great about it. Feel great about the Niners offense against the Packers defense. And we're winning it all back. And and Can't then we're going to, we're going to, we're going to throw it back on the table next week in the, in the championship oh. round, should the 49ers advance, which I think you and I both think they will. Yeah. Uh, and, and we're going to make even more money. So shout out to prize picks. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait. Prizepicks.com slash candlestick. <laughs> <laughs> Promo code candlestick for first deposit match up to $100. It is daily fantasy sports made easy. Two to six players. You pick more or less on their stat projections. And then you watch the winnings roll in, just like Chris is about to, and just like I'm about to, because here's what I'm <laughs> rocking with this week. I'm going Aaron Jones. No demon, no demon picks for me. Aaron Jones, more than 69 and a half rushing yards. I think the Packers are going to spam Aaron Jones runs. And I think that Matt LaFleur is a, a good enough offensive coordinator and offensive designer that he's going to drop a, a couple explosive plays that get Aaron Jones uh, to the more than 69 and a half rushing yard mark. Jordan Love, I'm going to go more than seven and a half rushing yards. He's a really good athlete, and the 49ers have a penchant for losing quarterbacks. 
and he's not i i wouldn't call him like a running quarterback necessarily but if you give him a lane in where he can step up and through the pocket he's going to take it and seven and a half rushing yards is just not not that many for a quarterback that's one good scramble so i'm going more than seven and a half rushing yards for jordan love conversely debo sam i'm gonna go more than 16 and a half rushing yards this feels like the kind of game where the niners obviously it's a playoff game and every big spot they go to debo and the Packers run defense is not good. I think that's partly because their defensive line is not great. I think there's some lack of discipline in the second level from them. And if you have, if you lack discipline in the second level, Kyle Shanahan is going to take advantage of that with motion and handoffs to Debo Samuel. I think 16 and a half yards. He might do that in one carry. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna rock with Debo there. Brandon Ayuk, I'm with you. I think we get a big Brandon Ayuk game. I'm gonna go more than four and a half receptions. And I mean this is playoff football i think you're gonna lean on your best player and i think he is their best wide receiver so i I think brock purdy is going to uh, look for him early and often and then christian mccaffrey i i don't love his rushing yard projection i think it's 92 and a half i want to not hang out at at that but this is one of the benefits of prize picks is it's not just like rushing yards they have rushing plus receiving yards they also have uh rush attempts and then rushing yards in the first five attempts. So I'm going Christian McCaffrey more than 22 and a half rushing yards in his first five attempts. That sounds like something he can do. It feels like he always breaks uh, like a 12 or 15 yarder early in the game. And I, I think that, that he clears 22 and a half rushing yards in those first five carries, whether the 49ers can continue leaning on him the entire way TBD. It depends on the game script, but I like that number for CMC. So that is my prize picks entry for the divisional playoff matchup between the 49ers and Packers. Again, play along at prizepicks.com slash candlestick, promo code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. It's daily fantasy sports, man, but you're not playing against sharp guys. You're not playing against a million other people to try and uh, get your winnings. You make your own entry and you watch the winnings pile up as your entry starts to win. So uh, daily fantasy sports made easy. We love prize picks. All right. That's it. Love prize picks. Hell yeah. What's your Niners Packers prediction? I think it's going to be a lot of points. And I think the 49ers win something like 30 to 24. The over-under is 50 and a half. With a spread of... With a spread of nine and a half, so that's like 30 to 21 ish. 30 to 20, 30 to 21. So I think 30 to 24 is a good number. I'm going Niners 38 20. Mm. A beatdown. Yeah, I think it's going to be a beatdown. All right. They're healthy. They're coming off the bye. They're they're ready to ready to go on a run here. Wasn't say two stacks from Nick Bosa. Was oh I, two stacks Nick Bosa again. I love that. Uh, 37-20 was the NFC title game a couple years ago. Yeah, we're one up. I don't know that there's going to be a Raheem Mostert performance, and I'm bet- betting that Brock Purdy, not actually betting, but I'm willing to predict that Brock Purdy is going to have more than eight pass attempts. Bold. Hey. Anyways. Yeah. Scared money don't make money. We will be live after the game 
on YouTube, youtube.com slash at Candlestick Chronicles podcast, or just search Candlestick Chronicles on YouTube and we will pop up. Hopefully you're already subscribed. That way our video when we're live is just right there for you at the top of YouTube and you'll be able to tap in. We'll be live after the game, win or lose. So make sure to lock in for that. And of course, all the live shows will be on the podcast feed as well. So subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We would appreciate the heck out of that. And while you're there, uh, rate and review, please, five stars. And give us a glowing review so more people listen to our podcast. That'd be great. I think that's all I got. See you guys Saturday night. Can't wait. Can't wait. Should be a fun one. Enjoy the game, everybody. Stay safe. Drink Candlestick Chronicles. Responsible. (laughs) Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.